Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Never get I can never get tired of, of that opening. <laughs> no, never. It's just it's so good. I agree. Yeah, he's Noel. <laughs> uh, just so anyone um, that may not know, we're gonna show uh, something called Video Armageddon in the background of this episode. Yeah. Um, and I'll even pick up where we left off next week because I plan the show during all these reviews we do for the month. Of October, we're doing a lot of horror films for Halloween. Uh, I plan on showing these. It's Video Armageddon 1 and 2, Lost Video Mixtape Collection, Volume 1 through 7. Really fun stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen them, highly recommend getting them. Uh, it, it, find them uh, in, on, in the interwebs. It's not hard. Not at all. So how you doing, mister? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, what a day. Today oh. was a f And you know what? <laughs> I've been dealing yeah. with work for the last two and a half hours. Tomorrow's going to be a day, too. Oh, every day's a day. <laughs> and it's, a, it's fucking Friday. Oh, man. <sighs> my morning is going to be spent picking IT shrapnel out of my brain. Jesus Christ. And it's... my morning ritual on Fridays is to edit the show and upload it. But <laughs> I have work instead. <laughs> work gets in the way of my fun. Stupid work. Stupid work. Uh, so what what we plan to do for the month of October is we plan to do like kind of like a mix mash of movies uh, we're trying to watch, or at least I've successfully so far, and I'm sure mm -hmm. you have as well, watching movies that we have but have never seen. Yeah, that That's my goal, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been doing pretty good so far. 
Yeah, so the two movies that I'm bringing to the table tonight, I've had them, never seen them. And, you know, it's it's like, I know, like, every, at this, at this point, every Halloween, it's like, all right, Saw Marathon. I'm like, yeah, you, you know, I know the movie's inside and out. It's almost, right. you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, even, I mean, the only franchise I haven't done a marathon on uh, yet, as, as far as, like, reminiscing, is Friday the th- is, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, really? I did Friday the 13th uh, in a weekend uh, a couple years ago, and I did most of the Halloweens last year. I still have, like, the last two to do. You uh, should that, uh, you should do Saw when the new Saw film comes out. Well, duh, but that's next year. So it is next Halloween, right? Uh, that's what you, that's what you told me. Okay. Or somebody well, told me. Well, no, I did tell you. Um, yeah, it's so 2017. It's it, slated it, it's gotta, for that. Yeah, and it's got to come out Halloween. Oh yeah, there's Saw. Well, what was their their whole tagline? It's not Halloween unless it's Saw, right? Or something it, along those lines. Because well, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now that Paranormal Activity's finally fucking burned out, oh, thank, only, only thank took God. six films. You know what? It was burnt out after the second film. You know, second film I was okay with. Third, third one. I mean, second film I was like, was like, all right, I see what you're doing, whatever. Third had some new stuff that was like, okay, they're still trying to do something new. Everything after three was just you're not even doing anything new. Yeah. You're just doing the same thing, and uh, it, it, it's it's like a film that was that got its start because it was a low budget horror film, and the biggest thing they had to offer, like going forward, was oh, be- better special effects. So I guess yeah. defeats the purpose. That's not what it was about, you jackass. You know, so right. like, you know, so they're using CGI in the fourth one, and then the fifth one they they don't even call. Uh, was it? Yeah, I think the fifth one they don't even call it five, and the next one they call it five. Like, yeah, that one didn't happen because there were Mexicans in it, and it's just really fucked how they handle the whole series and they try to fold it in on itself and the last one was just amazingly god awful amazingly um Um, it's you know what it is it's almost like it was worse that they tried to like continue the story and put more background to it it would have been better if it just been oh look it's a new family and a new thing but they're still using cameras (laughs) that would have been it would you know if they had like did like okay it's like vhs but it's a whole episode right you know, it, it's just one movie. Uh, that would have been probably easier to handle than, than oh, okay, here's where the cult came from. I don't care. <laughs> you know what? I, I was just thinking this now because the, there's a scene from the movie Slugs on right now. And it, I actually just got that movie. Yeah, me too. I just got uh, a copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, you never know. We might be. I might be reviewing that soon. Oh. Because um, oh. I've never seen it. Uh, but... What's funny is I'm watching the, you know, we have the video arm again, and, and there's easily upwards of 50 plus movies from clips in this. And I'm just like, wow, we might get flagged 50 times because these clips are just long enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're just long enough for Facebook, for YouTube to totally, it's like, yeah, you've been flagged by like 14 different film companies. Shit. Uh, but you know the thing with the thing with Saw, and I know we're not reviewing that, and just end it yeah. real quick. No, go for it. Um, the thing with Saw is each film that came out, cont- it was it was an anth- uh, not an anthology, um, but it was a continuation of the story, and it did it in such a way. It did it in such a way that when each film came out, the each one made more money than the last up until around Saw Five. I think it started to trail off a little bit, and but you yeah, know what? There was only two more movies after that anyway, 
and they and, went out with a bang, you know. And I and I don't think the quality diminished. It did not. You are correct. No, uh, which is very important. You know, a lot of people will like to shit on on Saw. A lot of people like to shit on it, but it's like you know what? Tell me from movie one to movie seven where the quality dropped. It actually got Part better. Two. Part two. You thought the second? Well, right. I, I guess I, so with Johnny well, well, Wahlberg and. <laughs> no, no. Here, here, here's the only thing. It's uh, if you watch the film, if you do the marathon, the first film is like great. You know, it was a low budget film. It took off. Everybody loved it. You can tell with the second film, it was like, oh, hey, we should do a sequel. <laughs> you know, it, it was like it, we didn't plan for this. When they, but by right. the time they made the third film, you can tell they've got a plan for it. Yeah. And they're thinking ahead. Yeah, they're setting. They're setting up. So, okay, if we go further. So by the time you get to episode four, they're already thinking three films ahead. They're already looking at seven. Yeah, and it was amazing. Not to give anything away because we won't. But it's amazing. Like after the, the the things that happened in Saw three, you're like, they made four more movies after that, and they were able to do it convincingly. Yeah, I mean, there there's there's a lot. Maybe I will write that Saw book before the next one comes out. <laughs> there's a, I'm just surprised there's not a book on the Saw films. You only got a year. Yeah, no, no I, I mean, I'm just, nobody's written a book on the Saw films. We might get flagged for nudity. There's, there's a lot, I, for, I forget ah. just how much nudity is in this uh, video Armageddon. Ah, like, they're, they're going to flag us for something, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's like hardcore yeah. pornography at one point. <laughs> there's that whole gawk, 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 duck yeah. thing. <laughs> hardcore yeah, that was a good good choice, Joey. It is a good choice. <laughs> so, so we're both bringing two horror films to the table, and we're just yes. gonna uh, that you know that we've just seen recently, and that we haven't seen before, and we're just gonna talk about them. And even if the other person hasn't seen it, we're gonna go into it. So, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All right. Um, well, one of the films that I have had for eight years, I've had it for that long, and I never saw it was the film Pontypool. Oh, yeah. Um, which is based on a novel, which I actually did not... I didn't I didn't have time to bring up all of the stuff about it, but it was based on a novel. It's called Pontypool uh, Changes Everything. It's the name of the book. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't read it. It's on my to-read list, and it's been on my to-read list for about five years now or something okay. like that, so and it's it, ridiculous. And it stars uh, Stephen McHattie, Lisa Hooley, and it's directed by Bruce McDonald. And Tony Burgess is the guy that wrote the novel. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 about this little this little town in uh, Ontario, Canada, and some strange things starts happening. People are starting to storm uh, uh, or riot at this one doctor's office, which I don't. Maybe the book explains that a little bit more, but they don't really explain it too much in the film. It's just that this phenomenon starts happening. Um, so they start to riot and. Uh, Stephen McHattie, who plays um, Grant, uh, what's his name? Grant Mazie, Grant Mazzy. He's like this shock jock radio personality who has been fired so many times, and he ends up in the little town of Pontypool. And of course, he sees blood in the water. He sees this as shit. I'm doing the weather. <laughs> you know, I'm doing the local traffic. I'm doing school closings because I'm in fucking Canada, and that shit happens all the time. This is this is important. And so they they have this one guy, um, what is it, Ken Leone, I think was his name in the film, and he sees all of this, and he calls into the radio show, and it's, and I gotta be honest, I don't, 
I didn't know that Stephen... If, if Stephen McHattie wanted to be a radio personality, he's got the fucking voice for it. Mm-hmm. Did you see... Have you seen the film? You have. Yes, I, I have oh, seen Pontypool. Yes. His, he's got the fucking voice. Oh, no, he's great. Yeah. You know? It's like, we should do this review in our radio voices. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to work out well. It probably won't. I mean, I'm, I'm already. I'm already doing I've my radio voice. <laughs> I'm trying to recall what films I've seen him in because I recognize him. He. He. Oh, he's been in a bunch of good stuff that we like. I'm just trying to think of one of the titles though. I'm like. I'm like blanking. He was in Watchmen, played Hollis Mason. He was the friend to, uh, uh what's his face, um. Well, like, oh. you ever see an actor and, like, in, in the back of your mind is like, yeah, I, I, re- I recognize him specifically from, like, this one scene burned in my mind, and I can't think of it. Well, he's in A History of Violence. He was one of the thugs in History of Violence with um, Ed Harris. I recognize him from that, but that's not, like, what's eating. It's, that's not that image oh, in wait the back a minute. of my head. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, wasn't he the guy in the beginning of History of Violence that was robbing think, Yeah, he was one the, of the, the robbers store? in the beginning. Yeah, he was one of the robbers in the beginning. Um... The hell you know you're right he has that face there's um where it's like i i get what you're saying it's like yeah he's in that one movie where he's unmistakable and it's I, bugging me it's it's bugging me i mean he was in shoot 'em up too but that's not it no it's not it at all no uh and the problem is is that is that he looks like um it's not even 300 either i mean he was he was no. just one of the crowd people no, Love but the problem is he looks a bit like Lance Henriksen. He does, and he looks he, like that one creepy porno guy. He doesn't look. Or I'm, I, <laughs> you know the guy. I have no idea who you're talking. You about. know the fucking um, guy. I, I, uh, it's like he doesn't look enough like Lance Henriksen where you go, is that Lance Henriksen? But, but it is, is enough that where you go, right. That's not Lance Henriksen. But it, it, it occurs to you. It's like he's just got that much yeah. going. He was. Mm. In- Basketball as the narrator. Huh. Oh Jesus! Oh, there's that. There's that voice you're talking voice. about. The voice, yeah, yeah. So I mean, what Pontypool is 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 really just like a um, it's it's the one interesting. He thing was in zombie- Mantis. <laughs> the one interesting thing with zombie films, yeah. and this is kind of technically a zombie film, is that every or is it an every- infection film? Yeah, well, pull them both together, however you want. I mean, but it's it's like. It's a new spin on the idea of zombies, and somehow every year or two, you get that new spin with a movie or two. Right. Where they and and this one successfully does it because it it yeah. almost feels like it's not trying to do it. It just came came up with an idea and did it. Yeah. the the main The main plot is that people are getting infected by words. Right. And a certain word or <laughs> trigger word causes the infection. And it's different rep- for for even, everybody. Even the repetition of a word, yeah, and and it right. and it scrambles the brain. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's it's a verbal infection. It's an interesting concept, and it's it's pro- there's probably some scientific basis behind it that right. cares. Like one of the uh, scenes in the film where uh, Stephen McCaddy says, you know, when I was a kid, I used to repeat certain words all the time until they were incomprehensible, and uh, I totally I I get that um, because it, like I. Cool. I used to do that when I was a kid too. Say scuba. Scuba. <laughs> scuba. I used to do it with the word milk. I remember that being the word I did a lot. Mm-hmm. 
milk, 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 until it was to the point of where it was the word was unrecognizable. Yeah, I think I think kind of everybody's done that when like at one point in their lives, one way or another. And I think that's why the film kind of resonates, where you can kind of buy the idea that that uh, language becomes uh, gibberish, but at the, and then it infects the brain, and the, the actual you know the concept becomes gibberish. It, it's uh, it's it's a very well paced film. Um, and it, it, this is the kind of film that, that doesn't work without great actors. Oh, yeah. Now, did you see, did you go all the way to the end credits and watch the, the scene that was at the very, very end? I, uh, I guess not. Oh, okay. Um, we could talk about that off air. Yeah. But I don't think it has anything to do with the movie. <laughs> okay. It, it almost, the way it reads, it almost reads like it's like Mamet. That's how it reads. It almost reads like it was an excerpt from the novel that they, oh. they there was no place for it in the film. Uh-huh. So they did it and put it at the very, very end of the movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely watch that end scene, and then we can talk about it even maybe next week or just even tomorrow. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I love that. Great. I'm glad. I, I, I would love to read the book, too. I've I got to catch up on my reading. Yeah, yeah. I've so, got a digital copy of it somewhere. So basically, you know, as far as like uh, words being the in, uh, infecting people, they're holed up in this little radio uh, station out in Pontypool, Canada. And what the one of my favorite parts of the film is when the doctor, the one that they're mm. they're storming his office, he actually mm-hmm. makes it to the radio station. Yeah. Um, and I love his commentary when they're all behind the glass when people zombies infected start coming into the radio station and he's like almost the, the only thing he was missing was a bag of popcorn during that scene because that's how he played it and it was uh-huh. great because he's like oh i haven't seen this before he's like oh okay i know what's coming this is what's going to happen and he's and he just starts go you know delving into you know different scenarios and what's going to happen and how they're infected and, and he's going through his own mind how it even started and things of that nature and mm-hmm. I just love that whole scene with the doctor. He finally makes it in. When he's crawling through that window and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just thought I just thought the whole scene was great. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's hard to come up with. I'm trying to think of any other films that deal with that kind of, like, uh, verbal. I mean, this film has less to do with um, zombie films and more with maybe, like, the crazies or right. impulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people losing control. Even though it's not really that, they do become kind of zombified. They, you know, they... they they uh, they attack other people, things like this. It's really more of zombie than than that. But uh, I, I don't know if, if there are many other films out there that really took in a, this kind of approach. Uh, books as well. I, so it, it is interesting. After, it, 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 after it, seeing it, I'm surprised it took me this long to get around to it. Yeah, it, it's you know, it's uh, I had that experience with a film I just watched uh, for the show tonight. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, oh, how come I didn't watch this two years ago? <laughs> um, and I know why, but uh, wow. uh, it, we'll it's, uni- it. it's a unique film, and it, it, I think it holds. One of the reasons it holds your attention is that the concept is so original. Yeah, uh, you know, compared to these other films, and you know, I'm sure someone can think of one that I'm missing, but this does, this kind of film doesn't come around too often. And for a locked room film, which is what it is, they're locked in the, yeah. the they're you know they're in the the radio station for the entire thing um it it is uh it, it, it it's a great film well and, and you know the thing is too uh we already mentioned it too it, it, the performances the acting is really what excels it as well 
It really mm -hmm. pushes the envelope of this could have been a really shitty movie with a good concept had the acting been bad. You know, but it was the other way around. Everything just worked together. And you know, they're all they're, you know, being like you said in a locked room pretty much the whole film. They um they they do take even though it, that's been done before, they do it it, I can't even say they do it differently, but they just do it more efficiently. Locked room films, it, it's really easy to do them wrong. Yeah. And it's really hard to do them well. And I, I've seen a lot in between, and this is one of the best, better ones. Yeah. I mean, hands down. But again, it is based on a novel, too. So they had the framework, and the their, and I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if the whole thing takes place in the radio station like the movie does. Um, but... Regardless, they had that framework there. What they do, you know, it just comes to a more visual standpoint because they have the story. Um, you're not building, and I think it does make a difference sometimes. You know, whether you're adapting or whether you're building something from scratch. Because when you're building up, when you're building a horror film from scratch, you know, or for you're you're you know writing it for the screen, right? Uh, cold. Sometimes that that taints the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're oh, you're yeah. writing, you know, you know, you're writing what you want to have on the screen. Whereas when you get the book, say, okay, this is a great idea. How do we translate this to the screen? And it's uh, and you're not going to add wacky shit just because it looks cool, oh, you know, unless you're a bad filmmaker. And, <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, I, I think that probably lent uh, lent the restraint that this film has to the to the concept. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um. So, I mean, I, that's pretty much the film in a nutshell. Do we want to move on to the next film, or do we want to um, delve a little deeper? Or yeah, if we I mean, even you, could. I well, mean, yeah, the thing is, you, without you giving that, things away. You picked one that's so unique that there's really no other films to compare it to or, you know, wrap up into it. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I will talk about, if just briefly, I mean, the things that I really enjoyed about it, other than the acting, is the fact that, like I mentioned before, Stephen Hattie has, he's got some serious fucking voice chops. Mm -hmm. He really could have been uh, a DJ or a, a radio personality had he gone in that direction. He's got the voice for it. And he's so believable when he does it. You really, watching the film, you really believe that at some point in his life he could have done that for a living. Mm -hmm. you know, he delivers it like... And, and the one scene that I love is when he's talking to, um, he's talking to the girl... Uh, the hell was her name he says her name over and over sydney that's right uh sydney briar is alive and yeah. he puts that in the voice recording and they have it put it on repeat so that the zombies infected they kind of move towards it because they move towards sound and that yeah. was one of the things that they were trying to do to get out of the room get it somewhere else in the building and i what i like is and this is not giving anything away i like the fact that they didn't harp on that that Sydney Breyer is alive. Sydney Breyer is alive, and they kind of then they made it a part of the the, the plot or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't do that. But when you watch it, you're like, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a thing. They're gonna, they're, it's that's gonna come up later, or they're gonna use it to, you know, uh, move the plot forward or something. And they didn't, and it was very smart. And I really enjoyed the fact that they did not do that. Um, but the scene that he's talking to her, and She's talking about, listen, you got to take it down a notch. You're, you know, you're, you're, you know, people just want to hear the weather and they want to hear school closings and they just want that. And he just starts to go in about how he hates winter. She's like, yeah, but everybody. And he goes, not like me. 
<laughs> and and you just you generally believe when he's talking about it. It's like winner. It's a real fucking bummer for this guy. <laughs> you know the whole the the the, the solitude of, and and the loneliness that he feels during winter times. Like you get it when he delivers those lines. You get it, and it it's just you like you said. It's unique, and I'm glad that I that I did watch it. Uh, and and here, here if. If you watch it, think of it not as its own film, but as a remake of talk radio. You know, I was thinking of talk radio the whole time, and uh, I, I was thinking of it the whole time I was watching it. And I'm like, yeah, I should really, I should watch talk radio again. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> it is a great film. I love. Like it. I mean, it's one of Oliver Stone's best. And 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 then you just watch talk radio and just imagine at one point. You know that Eric Bogosian is like is attacked by people because of the words. <laughs> it's his words. Yeah, he does the best words. He's yes, my kung fu's the best, baby. Yeah, uh, the best words. I hire the best people. I have the best words. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> oh, and 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 by the way, IMDb just told me that I can watch the Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part Two on Prime. Oh, for free? Or well, not for free, but... Uh, oh, what was the other film? I, I just saw it today. I fucking... Real... You know, I was like, I wasn't in the Harry Potter. I get that. I fucking hate this mock, this this Hunger Games shit. Oh, dude. And the fact that we're talking billion-dollar franchise, each film makes three, four hundred million dollars. I... How? Hate it. How? Even, I even caught, like, like, the first Divergence, and I was like, yeah, this is stupid. But like this one i just hate it, it's it's it, oh just just the fact that like i i catch like clips here and there i don't know how from the different films and just the whole like the, the fact that they take this 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 young adult novel with this fantasy like political strategy and it's like it's like no no this is horrible <laughs> this is horrible the Trump campaign makes more sense than any of this. It, it's it's even divergence seemed complex compared to like the whole political bullshit and mocking oh, or in in Hunger Games. I just, oh, I, just, I hate it. I do, and I feel bad because I see the actress in like these in like the red suit in these ads, and I'm like, I just want something bad to happen to that face. And it's, <laughs> I, and it's, it's and I feel bad for thinking that because I have no problem with the actress, but just I see this shit. It's like yeah, I just. Just well, you know, to get the bubbling spite up. Hollywood has this 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 infatuation with Jennifer Lawrence. I'm surprised she doesn't get nominated for Oscars for the Hunger Games. Oh, uh, she's been nominated. Uh, she she won. Uh, I forgot what movie she did win for. I could care less. But she did win an Oscar, and Hollywood pretty much nominates her almost every year for something. And how how, how old was not, she in the first Hunger Games? 17 maybe 16 18? 17 yeah in that range I they they hollywood's got this thing they like to grab these young hot girls like like hot to the point where they're too young to be hot and that but and have some kind of talent right. and just like mold them into money and yeah. and just uh, I, well her first oscar nomination the first time anyone ever saw her was in that film winner's bone which right was a good movie she was good in it and uh -huh. they've just been infatuated with her ever since. Oh, I even read the first book, and it's just crap. Uh, we reviewed oh. only the one movie, and we were done. Yes, we did. We were oh, done yeah. after that. I even even Twilight, I hung in there. 
Yeah. <laughs> just just for the sake of the show. And even right. that, I gave so up. we've been recording for 30 minutes. We talked about oh, one movie. Sorry. And I need to end the show early tonight. All right. Okay. <laughs> and I um, hate to, I hate to rush us, but it's of utmost importance. <clears throat> all right. So the first film I have, and if we don't get to all of them, that's fine. We'll carry them on. But yeah. um, uh, I'm bringing up. And what what uh, what what year did it come out? Uh, I got to bring it up again because Mocking Jay distracted me. Uh, uh, this film is from 2013. It's a horror film. It's an homage. You're uh, not going to guess it, so I'll let you know. It's Eli Roth's The Green Inferno. Ah, I have not seen that yet. Yeah. Now, this is, I have not heard good things about this movie. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I, after I watched the film, Did you I watch do that thing. Cannibal Holocaust, or you went online to do, re, to do some research? I, I went online to read IMDb reviews. Okay. Because, I, because I'm just a masochist. Yeah, I, just, I did the same thing with Suicide Squad. While I'm doing it, I'm like I'm like just like twisting a Phillips head screwdriver into my palm, just <laughs> just until the blood starts dripping. You know, just, yeah. And um, I'll tell you right now, if you watch this film and your response is, "Oh, good, the liberal, the, the left wing liberal do-gooders got their comeuppance at the hands of the cannibals," this film is smarter than you. <laughs> And when you're not as smart as a cannibal film, you have to rethink your life choices. Okay. This film is very smart. Really? Eli Roth is not an idiot. I, I you know, I'm not well, saying you know I like this film. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because he's extremely good friends with Quentin Tarantino, and just maybe... He's learned a few things from working with him and just maybe even just being his friend. I, I totally agree. And I, I, I think there is, I mean, because when you go, and I mean, when you go from like Cabin Fever, which really had nothing to it except a low budget film, had some ideas, nothing special. Green Inferno's got subtext. Right. And people don't work well with subtext because it involves thinking. There's a cat attacking me. <laughs> uh, and so. You get these people reading, watching the movie. Hold, ah! Sorry about that. <laughs> Cats dropping out of the sky. Uh, and so, um, people are watching the film, and all they see is Cannibal. And the the film is kind of an homage to Cannibal Holocaust, which uh, is one of the most famous Cannibal Italian Cannibal films. It's not the first. No. Uh, but it's it's the uh, Cannibal it's, Holocaust. It's the most well known. <clears throat> I would say it's the most well known. One of the most well-known. I mean, like, Cannibal Ferox, a.k.a. Make Them Die Slowly, is also very well-known. But that's nowhere near... Uh, that. Like That's like exploitation cinema, and, and so is Cannibal Holocaust. But the thing was, Cannibal Holocaust had subtext. It was, there was a message. And they really killed animals in that, too. They, they really killed animals in a lot of them, and that's one of the first ones that did it. Uh, and that was something that caught on in the Mondo movies back in that time period, oh, okay. too. Well, one of the yeah. things that I did read about Cannibal Holocaust was that they, they killed the animals, but then they gave them to the actual tribes that were in, the indigenous tribes that were in the area. Yeah, but they still killed the animals on screen. Well, yes, that, that is true, just... and it's disgusting, and it, it's it's actually difficult for me to watch that because it's like, yeah, they're going to totally fuck this turtle up. Uh, yeah. Tortoise, <laughs> or, oh, man, this lemur, look how cute it is. Oh, it just got a knife in the throat. God damn it, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. 
You know? And like Sergio Leone, if I'm not mistaken, yes, uh, talked to the director of Cannibal Holocaust and told and congratulated him on making one of the the sickest, best films he's seen. But he says you're going to get in a lot of trouble for this. Yeah, that's, yeah, um, and that's Ruggiero Diodato. That's I don't, it. I'm pronouncing that right. That's the director. I'll take it. Um, it's fine. But so um, that and, and Cannibal Holocaust kind of. Uh, has been pointed at as an influence to Blair Witch and other films because it is a found footage film. Yes. Um, so, which is interesting because you know it's one of the first ones too. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. Uh, it, or is it the first one? It could I, be the it's very one, first one, of, one. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the very first one. I, I'd have to do research and like read <laughs> shit. I'm not doing that tonight. But no, uh, no. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but but so. Uh, Green Inferno, which I believe was the original title of that or one of the other horror uh, cannibal films of the time period, um, is an homage to cannibal films. That one of the reviews I read was, "Oh yeah, every every cliche from every cannibal film is in this." I'm like, "Yeah, it's called a fucking homage." What do you, you, you know, have you lost the thing? And you know what? It's it's like when they make it like when someone makes a serial killer film these days, and you watch it, and you go, "Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it." It's like. When was the last time a cannibal film came out? <laughs> Seriously. Um, before Green Inferno? Yeah. How often do the cannibal films come out? Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. The zombie yeah. films don't count. Uh, yeah, you, you, you just... yeah, no. Yeah, I can't think and, of one. And, and, and Eli Roth did something commendable. He went back to the, it's his, parents, uh, the roots of... Parents with uh, Randy Quaid? <laughs> uh, Does that count? It, I guess it, it does. It, it counts as a cannibal film, but not in, in not with uh, natives. Oh, by the way, a lot of people calling the film racist too. Fuck you. Oh yeah, seriously. I, I read, I read fuck that. You. Yeah, that's yeah. why it was shelved. Oh, it was filmed it, and it was shelved for a couple of years. It was shelved for a couple of years because it's a fucking cannibal film. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and even when I even when it came out, I had I got a copy of it. I was like for like a you know for a couple of years. I'm like I, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch Cannibal. No, I don't. I don't want to watch it. It's a de- it's a very decent film. Now, you don't have to agree with the message, and there is a message, and it's not really supposed to be like you know. It's not like a message like Forrest Gump, where this is how you should live your life, or something stupid like that. It's a message that's like, yeah, here's here's what here's the, here's what, we're, and I can't tell you because it'll ruin it. Okay. But here's what we're presenting, and here's what's going to happen, and how, this is how that's going to affect this character. And the philosophy that was introduced, and how that's going to get twisted at the end for that character, and it's kind of what happens in *Cannibal Holocaust*, and it happens in this film. Okay. And it's done well. There, there, there are. Uh, here, here's one example that I'll, I'll give you, uh, that nobody that bitched about this film or even talked about it uh, pointed out. She, she's in college, and she's trying to, she's trying to find. You know, place in life, and she sees these uh, activists. Are they're they're trying to get uh, uh, health benefits for the janitors? They, right. they, did something, they did something similar. I Goddard when I was there, and I, <laughs> I was like, and I, I I was like, yeah, they tried to get me into. It. I was like, yeah, you know, you have fun with that because uh, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm heartless, yeah. and so she decides that she wants to do something. And this guy's a real. Uh, uh, um, uh, Shea Guevara looking kind of guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, you know, we're gonna help you. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna take back the beer." So she gets involved in this group, and it's called ACT. And, and it, it, you know, and it, and this is something that like they don't push a lot, so it's easy to forget if you're fucking moronic. 
<laughs> and, and all you can think of is, aha, liberals are going to get fucked. And, and the, 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 the guy that tries to bring her in, it's called act. Because, you know, it's like, don't think, act. You know, action. You know, you have to act. And right. that comes up a few times in the beginning when the guy trying to bring her to the, the first meeting and the guy's a dick to her in the first meeting. Uh, but then but then, then he finds out that she has, a, a, you know, her father's in the UN. But that's uh-huh. a whole but so the leader, then they get they go to they go and do this b- stupid bullshit, and there's some treachery involved because they're supposedly trying to save this Amazon tribe from being wiped out uh, by deforestation, and uh, I think it's in Brazil, I forget where, um, and they so they end up being captured by these tribe when the plane crashes. Right. Uh, the leader of this group, once they're in this cage, every t- everything they do to try to escape, he's like, no, we're just gonna wait. Until the, the in three days, there's going to be another crew through here. We'd have to wait them out, and then they'll save us. Anything else is just going to get us killed. So the leader of this group called Act, think, don't think, Act, spends the rest of the film refusing to take any action. <laughs> and it's a major point. I mean, it, the whole thing is about uh, like false allegiances and um, uh, political behind-the-scenes bullshit. There's a lot going on there. Now, in between that, a lot of people die. Okay. And some of them get eaten. Some of them don't, but some of them do. Okay. And uh, the special effects are spot-on. Cool. Uh, And it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a decent film. Good. It's, It's, you can, you, if you're paying attention, you can tell that he's trying to do more and really the ending is such a true homage to cannibal holocaust uh that if you're paying attention you'll get it okay yeah and i and i hate to say it though but like when you meet all the group it's like the the first guy you meet like the friendly the friendly fat guy it's like oh he's gonna die first <laughs> oh he's gonna die first and i don't think i don't think i just need to spoiler alert he dies first <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just telling you now because if you're watching the film and you don't know he's gonna die first, then you just you, need you not should, to watch films. Yeah, you, you films are not your thing. <laughs> go back, go back to picture books, figure out life. It, I, I had the same kind of thing uh, when I was watching Suicide Squad uh, with <laughs> with Mary Ellen. Um, should I mention this? I don't think this is giving anything away. You know what? Spoiler alert! Fuck you! It's not a spoiler. If you, it, it, yeah, I would I, go ahead. Okay, so we're watching uh, Suicide Squad, and there's the scene where there's kind of like it's a montage scene where they're all showing their abilities and whatnot, and then they go to the boardroom where she gets approval, and then they go out into the yard where they bring everybody in, and then a car pulls up, and the comic book character Slipknot steps out. And I had no idea he was even in this movie. <laughs> And I just lean over to Mary Ellen. I go, he's so fucking dead. <laughs> I go, he's not in a trailer. I haven't seen his own poster. I go, he's nowhere. I go, he is so fucking dead. And of course, they put these Escape from New York like pods in their necks. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, what do you know? Tries to escape. Head blows off dead not he's not even in the movie 10 minutes <laughs> yeah I, now i hear I, there's an extended edition of the film where he might have a little bit more screen time like the have origin story yeah they might do a little bit of that but he was I obviously like he, he was cut for time possibly well, i don't even know that as fact i'm guessing i have a, but even when they introduce him he's the man that can climb anything yeah oh 
Oh, dude. And of course, what dude. does he try and do? He tries to climb his way out of there. And of course, even Harley Quinn has a more instinct power than you. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> even even crazy strength. It's more interesting than I can climb shit. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, I I knew he was in only because like just when they were first giving out like uh, teaser pictures of all the characters, I watched one of those YouTube videos. Where, like, oh, let's break down who everybody is, just because I wanted confirmation that Captain Boomerang was in it. Right. And they they said, yeah, we think this guy Slipknot. It's like, okay, well, why is he in this? It's like, ah, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> I just I leaned out. I'm like, he is so mm-hmm. fucking dead. <laughs> I said, I. I told she goes, What are you talking about? How do you know? I said, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've been watching movies a long time. <laughs> and that's you know, that's it sucks sometimes. Again, like, you know, we watch fil- we watch films. We're to a point where you watch a movie and you know, it's it's like remember the first time you watched a film where the where the, the camera was was framed where the door's there and you like you just all of a sudden knew that someone's gonna come through that door? Oh yeah. Like the first time that happened, he was like Someone's gonna come to that door. It's like that retained knowledge of past films that, like, some people just don't seem to have for some reason. <laughs> it's like, and we've hit that point now where, like, every camera angle is like, well, or story plot line, like, you always have like a fifty percent chance of it. Yeah, okay, I know where that's gonna happen. Perfect example. There's that shitty show that's on TV that some people seem oh, to like called yeah, Shield. Yeah. That that's called Shield. The, okay. <laughs> uh, the Marvel's Agents of Shield. I was about to say, narrow it down from shitty TV show, dude. Come yeah. on. Well, I'm getting to it. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, episode one uh there's a father and a son and uh father son and the father is talking to the son and the building is so perfectly framed in the background and i just lean over to mariel and i just go boom (laughs) and of course the building blows up and i'm like come on that's the only that's the only part of that show i've ever watched after that i'm like i'm not watching this i'm done this show is shit. And of course, because these fucking shows, you know, the this 20, 23, 24 episodes long, it takes fucking forever <laughs> to, to get anywhere. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't have 20 hours to watch a whole season of this shit just so you can tease me a fucking villain that might, uh, who's not even a villain yet, who's going to become, fuck that. You know, I'm, I'm too old. <laughs> to, to, to sit around and wait for something to happen. That's why I like the TV series that are like 10 and 12 episodes. It's like, you know shit's going down, and it's going down fast. Yeah. If shit hasn't happened by episode 5 or 6, you're done with the show. I, I, I think it's interesting how we've kind of we've kind of lapsed into this like 10-episode uh, framework with, with streaming video and yeah. uh, like HBO special shows and, and it's a nice solid structure 10, 12 Absolutely. 10, and 12, 10 and 12 seem to be the norm sometimes 13 yeah. um, it, it's really a nice comfortable but uh, gives you that arc I mean how many was uh, strange, uh, eight. strange only 8 8 right now I don't know if they're going to continue doing 8 I, I have a feeling that that's what they were budgeted for you know, because nobody believed in that. They, uh, from what I read, they took Stranger Things to like about. I think I read like fifteen different outlets, and Netflix is the one that bit. But you know what? Just imagine the fact you actually have fifteen outlets for them to go to these days. Yeah, I mean, fifteen outlets to shop an eight-episode TV show. Yeah, and, and I guarantee you the only thing holding the back was the fact that it needed a budget. Yep, and the yeah. thing is that that show could literally have played almost anywhere because um because there, as far as swearing went there really wasn't any 
as far as violence, there really wasn't any. I mean, there were, you know, some intense scenes, you know, as uh, the MPAA would like to to say. It could have really been played, it could have been played anywhere. And I don't think, and they had an outlet like Netflix where they could have done whatever they wanted. And And I tell you, and they didn't. That, so it makes me, I'm sorry, it just it makes me believe that that is the intended uh, uh, way the show was, was supposed to be. And I hate to say it, I, I kind of lean towards these cable TV shows that that are obviously have some kind of budget. Because these days, like you see some of these ads, and you, you can almost see the pitches, alright, there's eight people, and are there special effects? No, go, give me ten episodes. <laughs> like, there's like I, I saw an ad for one where it's like, yeah, uh, they work at like a, a, a supermarket or a superstore. Like, oh. <laughs> like, like they yeah, they work like, like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, big lots or whatever. It's just like, okay, yeah, I saw that movie with um, with oh. uh, oh, with uh, Dane Cook. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I didn't. I sorry. <laughs> I mean, let me rephrase that. I didn't see that movie with Dane Cook. Uh, speaking oh. of MPA, though, uh, the one thing that uh, I was Eli thinking Roth, of, I was thinking of that movie, the one with uh, Jennifer Connelly, um, the one where he ends, the the one guy ends up in Target all night. And it gets robbed. I don't remember that one. The fuck was it? There was a John Hughes movie that um, he he did. It was like towards the end of his uh, his film career before he ended up passing away. No, um, I don't. No, I don't. Well, uh, while you're typing, I'll tell uh, you what it is. Uh, the um, the one thing that Eli Roth had mentioned that is that he did not have to resubmit Green Inferno to the MPAA to get an R rating. He got it on the first go. Oh, okay. And when you watch the film with the amount of violence in it, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> career opportunities. I mean, never heard of it. You never saw career opportunities. Never, no. I never heard Frank, of it. Frank Frank Whaley and Jennifer Connelly. Frank Whaley. He he works at a Target, and I remember watching the movie. I'm like, what the fuck is Target? Now they're fucking everywhere. You cannot go to a state in this country without a Target being somewhere. Can't go um, to a town. Yeah. Uh, so when, when I'm watching, I'm like, what the fuck is Target? Apparently, you know, apparently Target was, you know, a big deal, um, in like flyover states, middle America. Well, anyway, it was written by John Hughes, directed by Brian Gordon, and he ends up getting locked in overnight at a Target that he works at, um, facing shelves, you know, normal stock boy shit. And the place ends up getting robbed with him in it and Jennifer Connelly as well who he's in love with. But that came out in 1991. Okay. And I believe it was filmed in 1989 or 1990 or some shit like that. Okay. Because because uh, it was John Hughes and it was shelled for, for a while for some reason. And then when did John Hughes stop doing movies? When he died? <laughs> no. He didn't make any more after that, right? Um, the last thing he wrote, okay, he did Career career Opportunities, Dutch, Curly Sue, and, uh... Love Dutch. He did all of those the same year. So that kind of makes me think that those scripts were probably just lying around. You know, probably. And they just started yeah. doing them all. Dutch is the only one of those three I've, I've, I've seen, let alone heard of. Now, I, I know, I've heard of Curly Sue, never seen it. Oh, really? <laughs> For obvious um, reasons. Then he did Beethoven, but he wrote it as Edmund Dantes. Yeah. And then he wrote Home Alone 2, Dennis the Menace, Baby's Day Out, 
Miracle on 34th Street. Wow, he did a lot of movies after that. But none of them were any good. No. Um, like well, Dutch. From... Dutch is awesome. I love Dutch. Yeah. I would yeah. say Dutch and Career Opportunities, that was the last good thing that he did. Like, really did. You didn't like Home Alone 2? No. I'm sorry. Sorry, just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, so, the, all I want to mention about Green Inferno more is that I recommend it. Okay. It, the the theatric, U.S. theatrical release was the day before my birthday. Ooh. So, I think that's cool. And if you can, I do recommend watching Cannibal Holocaust first. You don't have to. Okay. But the parallels between the two, ignoring the found footage aspect, because he didn't go that route, thankfully. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Again, that alone shows how smart Eli Roth is. Yeah, found. No. We're going to send different. But, like, as far as, like, thematic structure and storyline and characters and, like, just the, the bookends, how the movies start and end, there's a lot of similarity, but in a good way, because it's an homage to that kind of genre. And in, in homaging the genre, he homaged the best of the genre, which is, without a doubt, Cannibal Holocaust. So, uh, so uh, pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting to like it, and I wasn't expecting it to be as smart as it was. Okay. Uh, I thought it was just going to be uh, a gore fest, like Aftershock looks like it is, because I still haven't watched that either. <laughs> so I don't want to watch people die for two hours. I don't know. I'm just not in the mood. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> kind of weird. I'm getting old. <laughs> okay. So uh, what do we want to do next? Do we want to do one of mine, or do we want to do another one of yours? Do another one of yours. We'll okay. go back and forth. If we don't um, get to my other one, it'll keep. The other film that I watched uh, was uh, the holiday movie, uh, and the holidays are upon us, uh, the film oh. Krampus. I was supposed to watch it this week, have not gotten to it, so I have oh, not seen it. I liked it. Um, it was fun. Um, but you could tell that they were trying to push out a Krampus film before anybody else. And I'm not saying that the plot or, or the film, it's got a weak plot or anything like that, but you could just tell that they were trying to be the first ones. And they came out with a sequel, apparently. I just found that out the other day. Uh, yeah, I think it's directed video. and I've, It is. I've, I read some extremely horrible things about it. <laughs> like, like uh, just just to sum up, is it, it rated has, R? It's nothing to do with the first film. Oh, really? Yeah, like like there's no carryover from does the first it, film. Does it delve uh, into uh, the I, story, I, like the same story structure? I, I hear it fucks it all up. Really? Like it tosses everything from the first film out and like just like try just goes a different. I probably because they like they had like copyrighted the name and that's it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it apparently, yeah, apparently it's just fucking is hor god awful. And what's the name? Is what's the name of it? Is it Krampus? Krampus uh, Two, I believe. Is it just Krampus Two? I, I, there might be something after that, but I'm pretty sure it's just Krampus Two. Because they have a few different ones. They have Krampus: The Devil Returns, which came out in 2016. Krampus: The it. Reckoning, which came out in 2015. Hmm. I don't know. And then the Krampus: The Christmas Devil. That's the one that came out before this one. Um, hmm. Let's take a look at The Devil Returns. I think it's The Reckoning. The, really? That one came out in 2015, though. I don't know. The first Krampus came out in 2015. Well, then it's not it, then, is it? I don't think it is. <laughs> So anyway, the basic plot of Krampus yeah, is yeah, it's the um, uh, it's an old German tale, right? 
uh, that Krampus, who is kind of like he's basically the polar opposite of Santa Claus. Uh, if you're naughty, uh, he is the one that comes to punish you and to to either kill you, teach you a lesson, whatever it is that he's going to do. And if anyone's ever seen any artwork or pictures of what he's supposed to look like, he goes from a horned, like, wolf kind of looking thing to a horn. He's always got horns and hooves, but he, he oh, looks yeah. more human, but he's, like, all fucked up looking if he's more human looking or he can look like a demon uh you know like wolf kind of demon type thing so yeah that's my phone it's work it's fucking work <laughs> yes let's see what does work want i don't care you know what i don't care anyway uh <laughs> but uh, uh the kid in the film his mother and his father his whole family they've kind of grown apart and he's just being your, you know, your your standard kind of kid. He, you know, he thinks his mom and dad don't love each other anymore, and it's kind of true. You know, they they they've kind of drifted apart, but you know, they do still love each other. You do get that sense. Uh, but the kid, he's you know, he kind of wishes that things could be back to normal the way they were. And he, his cousins come over. It felt very National Lampoon's Christmas Story, because the the brother-in-law. He's got like a, a he's got a uh, his brother-in-law is like an idiot kind of like Eddie from National Lampoons, you know he's like a big lumberjack redneck, you know voting for Trump kind of guy like that's who he is. Um, his kids are assholes. His wife, who is is um, the the other husband, uh, that's his wife's sister. I mean it's like this it's the same kind of thing. It's like Chevy Chase, his wife. And then Eddie, his wife, the two sisters, or the two wives are sisters. So it's like kind of the same structure, but it works. It's funny, but it's not, it's an okay movie. It's not a great movie. But I don't know. It, now that I'm starting to think about it more as I'm, I'm t- talking it to you, it might be a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. Um no, it was okay. It it, it, it was okay. It, it, as a horror film, I mean, which uh, only rated PG thirteen. Well, there you go. Uh, and uh, as far as a Christmas horror film, it doesn't have a killer Santa Claus. Right. So that's a plus. <sighs> Not that there's been many of those, but there's been enough. You know, there's been enough. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and really, there. Uh, I'm trying to think of any any Christmas horror films that don't involve either a Santa Claus or uh, a bunch of sorority girls. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like you know, besides Black Christmas and and you know, I, I I'm just trying to think. And then uh, I mean, Christmas action films. Don't get me started. But <laughs> reindeer games. Yeah, I I didn't hate reindeer. Oh, games. I like reindeer games, especially the director's cut. Yeah, like I, I said, have. my only criticism is it should have taken a twenty-four hour period and should have been like this three, four-day like journey. Like the, the second night they're handcuffed into the bed, I'm like, come on, you guys just couldn't fucking trim this shit down to like yeah. like one one night. I just, I and that's just me. But other than that, I that I that that, that was just people shitting on Ben Affleck. They shit on Ben Affleck. <laughs> Who, who's shitting now, huh? <laughs> I'm already I'm already hearing Oscars over him playing an accountant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's up with that? 
I I hear that's supposed to be a good movie too. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah. like I've <laughs> Oscar to play an accountant. Yeah. Bat Fleck. <laughs> yeah, everybody's shitting on him for playing Batman. You know what? He's a really good fucking Batman. He is a great Batman. Yeah, he's a really fucking good Batman. I'd say he's better than Christian Bale. Uh, I you know what? He's going to direct the next Batman movie too. Who? Ben Affleck. Okay, I didn't know if you meant him or Christian Bale. No, Christian Bale won't direct shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he Look. could. I, I don't think he's got that in him. He's a good actor, but I don't think he. Maybe as he gets older and delves away from movies a little bit maybe he can do that but no ben affleck is going to do the new batman film and i guarantee you it's going to fucking kick ass hey because he's really he's really into to doing the the part he really is Mm -hmm. i like even though he had small parts in suicide squad i really liked i really liked it yeah you know they were minor but they were still kind of neat yeah you know I, i again very briefly, everybody seems to forget that DC Comics ruled the comic book hero movie genre for decades. Yeah. Every time Marvel did anything, it was complete shit. The only the only time Marvel finally pulled its head out of its ass was uh, Blade Iron. and oh, then Spider-Man. Well, yeah, yeah Spider-Man. Spider- well, and you know what? That was 20th Century Fox and Sam Raimi that got that done. Right, exactly. And so. that opened the door. Totally open uh, the door, and then like the X Men too. I mean, Wait, but that was X Men is really what, and again, twentieth century Fox. That's really what kicked it off. Was yeah. X, was X Men because everything before that pretty much sucked. I mean, you had Blade in ninety eight, but that Captain America, oh which they God. ended heads, up not releasing. Fantastic heads, Four, which ended up not releasing. Heads up. <laughs> Doctor Strange, which, which ended up like being a direct video TV thing. Yeah, they could not make a good movie yeah. to save their lives. Now, they they should be thanking Brian Singer and Sam Raimi for fucking yeah. doing what they did. Now, I'm not claiming that like Superman four and Batman and Robin were good films, but they were still like the only comic book presence out there. Yeah, and then like even Daredevil was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. We saw that in a theater. That that was right. hard. That was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So D- DC was ruling at that point, and the only thing was it all all that happened was the big guys that got in there that knew comic books were Marvel fans. That's it. Yep. That's it. If, if any of those guys had fucking read Justice League instead, that we would have been we'd be in a whole different world right now. Uh, this is very true. Yeah, if, if Favreau hadn't been such a had hadn't had such a hard on for Marvel, maybe we'd be you know would have gotten Aquaman a few few years earlier. Not yeah. that we should. And then you know, but, uh, even though Twentieth uh, Century Fox, you know, with X Men and Spider the Spider Man sequels and whatnot, it wasn't until Iron Man that was directed by John Favreau. Even, not even like the Fantastic Four, also Twentieth Century Fox. Um, it was Iron Man that they started to do this every film kind of bookend yeah uh, bookended itself where well they know, were teasing yeah because they, yeah. they already planned it because they, you know, they the minute they started doing that like yeah we're planning five films ahead right which um, which which is what they sh- is probably the only reason that they never did well with anything else because they, they never planned ahead they would make a film and then if it was good say, okay now let's do a sequel would you know and ne- never had a clue like, you watch superman one two three four no one knew what the fuck was happening uh before or after that film they just made their own films now you actually have like a game plan, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I gotta tell you this real quick. Okay. Uh, I, sh- I I made Holly watch the uh, Justice League trailer. Okay. Right, and I'm like, the end line is fucking hilarious. <laughs> As it gets to the very end, and like, and Aquaman's got Batman up there, and he's, and he's like, "So I hear you talk to fish." And let me guess, didn't go over well. Just stone face. Like, what's funny about that? It's Aquaman. <laughs> I don't read DC. You don't have to read DC to get to that. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, that upset me so much. Oh, my God. I like, After I saw the trailer, I immediately I talked to you about it. And I'm like, you got yeah. to wait to the... I got it. I mean, you could always uh-huh. count on me. I, I saw it in the theater. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I hear you talk to fish. I was like, yes! Oh! <laughs> yeah! Uh-huh. How do you not... You know... Oh... <laughs> well, it is now. It is that time. It is oh, time. Okay. Time to. I know. I know. I, it, everyone uh, is disappointed. I know. That's all right. No, I understand. I understand. But I, I'm being selfish. I, I have I something I need That's to okay. go do. No, no, no. So we'll come back next week with with four more films. Yep. And we'll see how we can get through them. Yeah. Well, we only did three tonight, so you can save your one for next week if you want. Yeah, I, I might. If I see something better, I'll, I'll usurp that. Yeah, I already have two yeah. films that I plan on watching. And and if you're listening and you and you listen before the end of October 2016, go to our Facebook page and uh, throw up some titles that you want that you'd like us to talk about. Or, oh yeah, as long as they're horror no, films, as long as yeah. it's for the Halloween theme. If Absolutely. we can time it, if we can time it, maybe we'll get you to call in on the show ever and talk about a film. That would be cool. I got no problem with that. No. Uh, All right. Uh, this is episode 222. <laughs> no, 221. Yes, 221. I think it's 220, 221, whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's episode 222. Uh, that ruined and, that joke and the entirely. To Krampus, and the sequel to Krampus is Krampus the Devil Returns, okay. a.k.a. Krampus 2. I'll have to watch it just because I watched the other one recently. I, I, um, apparently you really don't. Okay. All right. All right, well, episode 222, uh, first in line for our Halloween-themed reviews. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, webpage at moviesucktastic.com. Oh. You can, what, listen to all the shows there, what? It's, it's, it's a sequel to the other Krampus. Ignore it. Oh, Never mind. forget it. Okay, um, so you can listen to all the shows there. You can download the shows and tune in every Thursday at 8 o'clock, and you can watch the show live. Uh, you can also go to our facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic and you can watch uh, movie trailers and read articles that we post there and just everything that we talk about for the show and in the the land of entertainment cinema uh, is there if you want to leave us voicemail you can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470 if you want you can leave us email the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com and you can also go to our tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com and finally you can download the free Android app for your devices and you everything I just said is in that and uh, oh you could also do a, a browser or a search engine search for us Scott likes Google Google it you can uh, just do a search for movie Sucktastic and everything I just talked about is there and that about does it you have any words of wisdom Mr. Wilson oh as they play a clip from Threads on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) One of the happiest parts of my high school. Oh my god, I saw that in history class. 
Uh, they, we had a special class off to the side. Yeah, that was great. Uh, no, nothing, nothing like sitting in high school watching a girl chew through her own umbilical cord. Oh yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's the wisdom right there. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll leave it. All right. Well, everyone, we'll talk to you next week. Happy Halloween Part One. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.